cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Good day and welcome to another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup, episode 4-4, Quattro Quattro for all of my uh, you know, local Phoenix peeps out here. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to show you know throw out a, a quick shout out to Carlton Zeus. Uh, again, thanks for the intro music. Check him out, www.carltonzeus.com or on Apple Music. So we're getting pretty close to Christmas here. It's, uh, you know, I think we got, what, one week, so like six shopping days left, five shopping days or whatever. So in the tr- you know weekly tradition of Culper's Canteen Cup, I uh, went out and bought Summer a, uh, a revolver yesterday. So because she doesn't listen to this, I went out and, well, no, I can't. So I didn't buy her a revolver because I can't do that. So I bought a revolver that she's going to use, that she is going to shoot. Um, picked that up from Bass Pro yesterday, so hopefully she likes that. And since none of my kids listen to this either, they, they won't be telling her what she what she's got. The, the bad thing is, I think she's actually already guessed all of her presents because the other day she's like, yeah, I think, I, I think you got me the Apple Watch and, you know, I know you got me a gun, just make sure it fits right. And I was like, well, you know, you're getting pretty good at this. But to start this episode off, I, one, Josh is my hero. Josh is my new hero. Because he did something this week that was completely, like, totally savage. It was, uh, <laughs> so, we, you know, we have this issue with hypocrisy, right? And you've got all this, hey, you need to close down. Because even now, with the, you've got the COVID vaccine out there. And I get it. There aren't 500 million doses yet or whatever. But, you know, it's starting to make its way out. You're starting to get into either getting into nursing homes and, and all the other good stuff. But, uh you have a lot of hypocrisy for you know from folks out there. You're not wearing your mask. You're going to kill Gam Gam and this and that and, and whatever you know whatever Luke says. Well, finally, I guess Josh. I'll let him tell the story. But finally, Josh called out one of his Facebook buddies and uh, you know called him out on his hypocrisy. Why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and fill in the uh, fill in the listeners there, Josh? So um, first, if I'm your hero, you really need to get out and meet more people. Uh, no, dude, you're totally silent. <laughs> So, all right. So, it, it, you know, so I'll go ahead. It was Johnny, uh, you know, for the folks that listen to this show, they're going to know because <laughs> a couple of them, uh, a couple of them, you know, they, they, they DM me and they were like, holy shit, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so he has been one of the biggest, you know, proponents. First off, he's a far, he's super far left. He, you know, he doesn't believe in firearms uh, because, quote, that's why we have police. Um you know, I, I, he's a retired sergeant major. I, I can't believe they would let him wear the uniform. I, I, I truly can't because he's just that much of a, just a, a, a cuck on everything. Um, you know, and so, but I've known, you know, I mean, I, you know, we've known the guy for ever since uh, like 2001. Um, we were stationed together in Puerto Rico. So I, 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 I've known him for a minute uh, and we were pretty, you know, my wife and his wife and, and him and I, we were pretty, you know, we were pretty close friends and we had a, you know, that, that, that core group of people that we hung out with, they were always there. So anyway, but he was, he, he, he has been one of the ones who's super anti-Trump. Um, and you know, but you know, when the COVID hit, he was very, they were, he was stationed in Hawaii and you know, it's very like, you know, stay home, wear your mask, uh, you know, wear your mask at home. Don't go anywhere. You know, shut down all the businesses because, you know, we don't want to kill Gam Gam, right? And to the point to where, you know, when I would post something, he would always, you know, he would always comment and weigh in, you know, with his, I can't believe you're, you know, I can't believe you're going to, you know, you're going out. 
I can't believe you're going out into, you know, society, you know, to the store. Even, you know, one time he chastised me because I went, I went to Cabela's, uh, you know, up here in, uh, in Raleigh and it was, you know, that's unnecessary, blah, blah. So finally he, uh, his wife posted a picture of one of their, their youngest daughter and their dog. They were coming back from ballet class. Right. And so I screenshotted it and, you know, posted it and tagged him. It was like, Hey man, like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Uh, basically, you know, it was, Hey, so, you know, everybody else needs to stay home in quarantine, but you, you know, you, you get to go out and do whatever you want to do. Right. Cause ballet is absolute necessity, you know, to, to live, why are you, you know, why, why are you being a hypocrite? And, uh, so that set the, uh, you know, the group texts amongst our friend groups, like a uh, blaze, um, you know, DMS are flying and, and, and in true Johnny fashion, what does he do? He sends my wife and I a message, you know, not just me, he sends my wife and I a message like, you know, you guys really shouldn't do that, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, even my wife's like, like, what do you want me to do? Like, you like, why don't you talk to Josh directly? Like be, be a man about it. Um, you know, and, and, and talk to him man to man instead of, you know, involving me and, you know, his wife, it was just, it was ridiculous. And so I, uh, I decided at that point that our, uh, our friendship had ran, it, it had run its course. So, uh, so I went ahead and, uh, I unfriended and blocked him and, uh, and that's that. Um, but you know, again, it just could, Hey, if you are worried about COVID, if you don't think that you should, you know, that people should go out, if you don't think, you know, if you think you should stay at home or, you know, if you think you should wear a mask everywhere to include in your own personal car with the family members that you live with, if you think you should wear a mask, wear a mask in your house, that's fine. Stay at home, wear your mask, do, you know, whatever you feel is best for your personal health and the health of your loved ones. But dude, like, I mean, life must go on. And again, it's 99.9% survivability rate for people our age. So yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm not scared of it. You know, I, do I want to go get it? I know, but am I, am I worried about it? Absolutely not. You know, so, and for, for anybody else's listeners, who's on my, uh, you know, my Facebook friends list, go ahead. If you're, if you start doing the same crap, guess what? You're going to go the same way. We can go ahead and, uh, we can go ahead and end it right here. You know, go ahead and reach up there. However you do it, go ahead and unfriend me. You can block me. I really true. I truly do not care. You know, one of our close, you know, mutual friends reached out and was like, Hey man, you guys have been friends for a really long time. How are you going to, you know, how are you going to sleep? You know, knowing that, you know, knowing that you did that to Johnny, <laughs> Just and was like flat out. It's like <laughs> butt ass naked with the fan on high brother. Like, and it, it's like, I'm not going to lose a wink over it. Uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. I, I found over the years that, you know, quality, quality matters a lot more than quantity. I've been making my circle smaller and smaller the last few years, uh, you know, using, using Luke's criteria, you know, the, uh, the rail car scenario, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna order you onto it. Yeah. Who's going to uh, actively physically, you know, put you on there. Who's going to look the other way and who's going to happily hop on themselves. So making, making that circle small. That's uh, a hypocrisy, right? I mean, that's yeah, the thing. It's, it's, it's the hypocrisy of it. And, and the fact that he, you know, it, it couple things one 
it's fine for them to close your small business down. It's fine for them to limit your freedoms. It's fine for them to advocate for mandates and, and things that are being found unconstitutional, you know, week, every week by, by courts. Uh, but you call them out on something. Hey, you stepped over the line. You stepped over the line by pointing out their hypocrisy. And then, you know, I, so first of all, if you unfriend Josh, start a post first so we can use it for the episode before you unfriend him. Let's get some good banter back and forth. And then you can unfriend him or he'll unfriend you or whatever. But it's the, uh, it's the whole, it's like, because that was right after the county specifically was talking about performing arts, ballet mm-hmm. and this and that. And they're like, hey, none of that stuff anymore. So, but it's crazy because it's so critical that we shut everything down. Well, we won't shut it down today. We'll do it Wednesday. Right. It, we're, we're saving so many lives, but so it's so yeah. critical. Well, we're going to shut down in five days. And then it's like, you know, I, I saw some of the banner back and forth with, oh, you know, you're attacking the kids, which was a great deflection. Right. You automatically go, oh, you're attacking the kids. Well, no, first of all, let's go back to the issue. The issue is your hypocrisy, not your kids. And just like politics, I'm not a fan of bringing family into politics, and that type of stuff. But if you bring them in, it's fair game. I mean, it's fair game. You you post you know, you post something that shows your hypocrisy. And if you involve your family members in that, that's fair game, you know? So it goes back to the whole emotional appeal thing, you know, Oh, you're attacking my kids. How dare you? This and that. Well, you know what? Go fuck yourself. You, you know, you you're advocating the, the closure of businesses. You know, yeah. we were talking about this before, um, you know, before we started the recording, it's the, you know, I was reading a couple of things today and specifically with like Michigan where, uh, Whitmer is responsible for like 33% of these small businesses going bankrupt and, you know, and you hear people, you, you read their stuff, you know, you read their posts. like, well, you know, we were shut down by the COVID pandemic. No, COVID didn't shut you down. Your governor shut you down. Your local leader shut you down. Your mayor shut you down. COVID didn't do, didn't do anything to shut you down. Your local leaders did that. So, you know, it kind of, although I didn't, I didn't partake in too much of the conversation because I just, I don't know him well enough, but just sitting back there, just, you know, reading it, just, it, it really pisses you off, man. Like just the, it's the, you know, good enough, for, you know, good enough for thee, but not for me mentality. Yeah. And then the whole thing of it is, hey man, if you, if you are that worried about it, then that's fine. I completely, I, I am okay with people making their own personal decisions for their health. That's fine. Right. I have zero issue with that then stay home, but don't turn around and say, I have to stay home. Cause at the end of the day, if you're not paying my bills and if you are not paying for the food on my table for my family, do COVID or no COVID, guess what? I really don't give a shit what you have to say about how I should conduct my life. What yep. come pay my bills and put food on my table. And then we'll have that conversation. Then you can kind of dictate some of the things I do, but until then, bro, Hit the road. I feel partially responsible. I, I you go go back through the messages, man. I was goading you to do something, and when you posted that, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you did it!" Like the kid that's like, <laughs> kid that's like, throw the rock, bro. Throw the rock at the window. Just do it, man. Are you scared? <laughs> he throws and breaks the window of old man Smith's house. And it's like, oh, I can't believe you threw the rock. Why would you throw the rock? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that was brutal, bro. That was brutal. So I didn't know uh, that that was uh, Johnny from Bonnie and Johnny. I did not know that. So that's interesting, man. That was well it done. Could, uh, well it could worked out any better, honestly. <laughs> um, so. Well, you did. It, uh, Josh did take the picture of the child down. 
which uh, is more than I would have done. I'm with you guys. That, that's fair. more than I would have done because I thought yeah. it was fair game. I thought Josh's wife's response was was I love <laughs> almost as funny as the overall thing. She was like, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> that's what she said. It's like, "What do you want me to do?" I can't. But that's him. but that's so Johnny right there because Johnny can't be a he can't he he is incapable of being a man, right? And just approaching another man one on one, right? He always has to have his wife involved, and he always has to involve somebody else's wife. He can't do it man to man. Um, you know, which I mean, he's, he's on the far left so that, you know, I re- I repeat myself, um, <laughs> you know, on that. So, but it's, you know, and then they were like, Oh my God, you, you, you posted a picture of a kid. It's like, well, would it have been different if I screenshotted your social media post or just hit the share, hit the share button, which <laughs> how would that have been different? Because you posted it. I didn't dig through your pictures Right. And then, you know, screenshot that and post it myself. You, I simply shared your post. So, it, but yeah, so people got butthurt about that. And was like, mm, you posted it, not me. I just, I, I simply reposted what you posted. Um, but anyway. So it's, it's okay. What if you would have, what if you would have posted something along the lines of, Hey, check it. It's creepy. It sounds creepy, but hey, check out my buddy's kid. I'm so proud of him raising a girl who does ballet, right? That would have been yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, well, hey, the kid, yeah. But since it was negative, right. it's like, how dare you exploit my child? It's like, no, fuck. Off of your post. You put, you put yeah, it out off there. Of your yeah. Post. Yeah, yeah, off of your post. It wasn't, uh, again, like I didn't dig through, you know, your, you know, your thousand, you know, Facebook photos you know, in your photo gallery and screen, you know, steal a photo, then post it up and be like, look at this kid. And it didn't even mention the kid. Right. And, and again, I mean, it's not the kid's fault that, that her parents are, you know, two flaming hypocrites. Um, it really just, you know, scourges of society. So, I mean, I, Hey man, if you, if you don't want your kid involved, man, don't put them on the internet. Exactly. Period. Don't do it. And I, I don't agree with the people that chimed in, you know, trying to take the high road and saying, yeah, Josh, you're right. But it's uh-huh. like, no, no, I don't buy it. Dude, don't put your kid out there. If you don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You're, you're taking a risk when you put your personal life out there. And I don't think any of us really realize it when we're posted on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, how they can really slingshot back around on you, especially with the kids. But it's like, no, man. It's fair game. It was out there. It's yeah. good to go. So it was brutal. It was savage. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so savage that it's like it takes takes you back a little bit. There so, were yeah. so many, you know, and there were so many other things like I could have said. Like, I, dude, I like you think that was savage. Like I could have brought up because we know a lot about them. A lot. Right. I could have brought up some things that would have basically they would have probably hired a lawyer for. Right. Um, <laughs> for, you know, for uh, I mean, I don't know if it's defamation, if it's true, but, you know, there there was some definite they definitely have some dirty laundry that could have been aired. But, you know, it was like, I'm, nope, I can do that. It'll stick to the you know, stick to the issue, even, you know, even after he decided to go to go personal. Well, whatever, dude, uh, honestly. I haven't lost a second of sleep over it. Well, and, and he can't even, even respond, you know, and that's the difference. It's like, he can't even respond with like, you know, anything fact-based. No. no, 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 he did. No, he did. Because, and that's the part that bothered me the most. 
was when he comes back and he goes, well, just because I'm following my governor and he like capitalized my, my governor's uh, mandates and, you know, uh, guidelines, that's nothing to call me out about. And it's like, God, dude. So it, so as long as your governor says it's okay, you're okay. You can call everybody else out, but your governor says it's okay for you to do that. It's like, man, dude, that's just wrong. Oh, no, and and I, I should refer. I don't you. know if that's fact based, but logic but, for his previous stances. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's right, that's yeah. what I should have said, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, this is why I'm doing this. But that's the problem with with all these people across the board. You're, you're starting to see all of these governors, all these leaders, you know, oh, you know, you need to stay home and, you know, you don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, is, is that the beach in the background? Is that, wh- where are you at? Oh, I'm in Cabo with my 12 friends. It's like, really? Yeah. And then you're talking to it's like we had a teacher walk out, uh, you know, in, in, in Luke's old neck of the woods out there by Chandler because they're all scared of, of catching COVID. Dude, and I'm so done. And I know we've got some good teacher listeners out there. So I get it. I think we have like probably two, but- I'm so done with the the teachers, a lot of the healthcare workers. You know, we had that whole episode on that. Veterans, all that stuff, dude. You know, it's it's the I didn't tell you to choose a profession where you only work nine months out of the out of the year. Your pay is probably, you know, could you get paid more? Sure. But you know, we, we had this big thing out here being paid. It's like, well, you know, you only work nine months out of the year. I mean, you know, you, you kind of knew you weren't going to be rich being a teacher. And oh, by the way, these same people that are walking out, which they did last year as well for pay, they walked out for a couple of days. They're like, well, it's not about the kids. Well, no, it, it actually is about the kids. It's actually about my kid. And and the fact that you walk out uh, because you're scared to catch COVID. But we turn around and we see these same teachers uh, down at Walmart or Home Depot or eating at the damn Golden Corral or whatever. I mean, it's just the hypocrisy just doesn't stop, you know, and, and I think that's the... That's the biggest thing that pisses me off about it all. It's like, if you are truly scared about it, it's like Josh was saying, if you're truly scared about it and you take those protective measures, hey man, I'm not picking on you, you know, but don't sit here and try to sell me this one. At the end of the day, it comes down to 95% of these people want to sit at home, live in their house, play Xbox, eat Cheetos and collect a paycheck, period. That's what it is. So just call it what it is. You know, don't try to sell me on it's, it's for your health and it's for this and that. Cause I tell you what, I was back in DC for some stuff for about, for about a week and Monday through Friday, everything's dead. Like, dude, we were driving down streets in DC that you would never drive down. It's like, Holy cow. I, I, I can't believe we're doing this. So we go back out cause we're working over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, dear baby Jesus. It was like a regular work day, you know, two years ago, downtown DC, everybody's on the streets, right? Cause they're all at the grocery store. They're all shopping. They're out eating lunch. They're out eating dinner or whatever. I'm just like, dude, you just, you, you can't sell me. Just tell me you just want to stay home and, and get paid for free. You know, which of course, you know, none of it's ever free because you said, what, we got another, another round of stimulus coming. No, it doesn't matter, man. It's all going away. Cause the, the vaccine's coming out, man, you know, the vaccine's coming out, bros. And we're going to be all good on that. Now I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the vaccine. I know it's, there's the Pfizer one, there's the Moderna one. I started to read up on the Pfizer. And one thing that sh- I wouldn't say shocking, just surprised me about the uh, Pfizer is that this is the first vaccine of its kind, which works on an RNA backbone instead of a DNA backbone. First one ever. And I was reading like an information page. Uh, it was a .org site, and it looked like, I mean, it was straight up there just giving information on the vaccine. And it said, this has never been done before, but thanks to modern science and technology, we can now. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everything else was so detailed behind this vaccine. And <laughs> you just glossed over exactly how you did it. It's like, man, you know, I, I, 
I don't want to get into an anti-vaxxer or pro-vax thing. It's just, I think there's a lot of not sketchy things, just as usual with the, with the uh, coronavirus itself, the China virus, the COVID, whatever you want to call it. There's just a lot of unanswered questions, man. Like I still can't get an answer on whether I should get the vaccine or not since I've already had it. Nobody can answer that. That's like, well, you know, okay. So if I get it, what does that mean? You know? And from what I can gather on it, maybe you guys, I'd love to get your input on it. If you know more than me, because uh, I, I do need to do some more research on it. But from what I understand, it's supposed to mimic an immune response, uh, a natural immune response, and which apparently, according to everything I'm reading, the natural immune response eventually wears away and because against certain viruses, especially SARS, flu, stuff like that, because those particular viruses naturally go away on their own. Okay, so you... Once, once the world's seen it once, it'll probably won't see that same one again. So then they're saying the, vi- the vaccine's only good for two years. It's like, okay, what about my, immune, my, my immune system? Well, that's only good for two years, too. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know. This goes against a lot of what I've learned growing up and stuff, you know, it, it, my limited uh, knowledge of science. But um, I don't know. It just, just doesn't seem right. And the, if the vaccine, if that's true, that it only lasts two years, uh, we're, you're going to have to get vaccinated again because if we keep shutting down and opening up. I'm talking specifically about Europe. If they keep shutting down and opening up like, like they are now, all they're doing is kicking the can down the road. Uh, they're keeping the virus alive by doing that. And it's, it's become very apparent that that is what's happened here. Uh, the country I live in, they don't really have a choice because to, other than to do that because it truly is we have to stop the spread so we don't overwhelm the system. Because the system is so fragile, the medical system is so fragile, it's constantly on the verge of being overwhelmed. So, yeah, it's just interesting, man. Uh, Josh, have you been doing any reading on it? Uh, what do you think? I mean, when they offer you the vaccine, are you going to take it? Because, look, man, I'll back up real quick before I kick it to you. Like Roger, Roger always dangles that in front of my face. So, Luke, what do you think? Now I'm going to go off on my 20-minute <laughs> thing and ask you 20 questions. So, <laughs> it always throws me off every time. I should take better notes. But uh, yeah, so the only reason I would get the vaccine, even though I feel I don't need it because I've already had the virus itself, is so that it would allow me to travel freely, not wear a mask, this and that, you know. But from what I'm seeing so far, it's like you're going to get the vaccine and your ass is still going to be wearing a mask. Your ass still can't go over the border. You're still going to have to get tested. It's all this stuff, man. I'm like, so my wife and I were talking last night, drive home. And she was like, so everyone's, I was asking her questions. I was doing the Socratic method. And I was like, so why do I have to still wear a mask? You know, why, why do I have to still wear a mask? Why does the government here not care if I've had it or not? I just have to wear the mask or I'll get a fine. Um, and she answered the right way. She's like, well, because the government has no way to say to, you know, if, if, you know, uh, you see 10 people walking and three of them don't have a mask on. They don't have a way to know whether those three have had it or not. So therefore, everyone has to wear it. That's called taking away liberty. Straight up. Straight up. But anyway, sorry, Josh. What do you think? No, it's a, you're absolutely right. All right. So <clears throat> to your uh, to your first question, am I going to get it? I kind of look at any new vaccine that comes out as... 
I'm not probably not going to buy a car in its first year of production, right? I'm not going to buy, you know, a new computer that comes out from a brand new computer company. You know, I'm not going to go buy it the minute it hits the shelves because it's probably got some issues, right? There's some things, there's some unknowns there. Well, it, it may be 100% perfectly good. It may never break down on you, but I don't know that. Right there, there needs to be there needs to be a test uh, test and trial period, and so am I going to go get the vaccine? Uh, you know, if I'm offered it, not right now, no, absolutely not. You know, if this was something that only had a you know a sixty percent survival rate, a fifty percent survival rate, if you got it, would I go get the vaccine right now? I may, yeah, I probably would, but with a ninety nine point nine percent survival rate for you know folks our age, am I going to go right out and get it right now? No. Probably not, um, you know. And then you take you you, you, you know you take a look at and everybody. It, it it doesn't matter what vaccine it is. I've seen people you know get blood and then pass right out, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. The nurse got the COVID vaccine. She gets up to the podium and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, gur 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 gur," and then she's like, "Thunk," she's out. <laughs> like she passes right out, you know. And so that, and then did you guys see the video of the uh, doctor at the uh, University Medical Center of El Paso? They had five people get on stage at this press conference and take the vaccine. I'll say you. I'll, That's I'll the lady you guys. Plunger in, right? Yes, yes, dude. He gets up there and he's like, you know, he does a thumbing, and you watch the plunger. The plunger never moves, right? And he's like, oh, they came out later, in. and they're like, what's that? It was already pushed in. Like the plunger yeah. was already like pushed in. It was only yeah, it was like already a quarter pushed of an in. inch. There, the plunger didn't move. It was already depressed. There was nothing in the syringe. And even the University Center of uh, Medical Center of El Paso came out afterwards and they said, oh, and they didn't get all of it. So we administered it afterwards. It's like, oh, that doesn't sound right. It's a, anyway, so, uh, you know, again, it's. I, it's all anecdotal, I, but you're talking about a brand new vaccine. It went through, you know, some very, very limited testing. And, you know, so one, I'm hesitant about that. Again, it's like buying a brand new car, you know, in its first year of production from a new car company. I, 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 I want to see, I, I see some miles put on that thing before I go, you know, buy one. And then you take a look at, you know, like what Luke was talking about. It's coming. You know, how do we how do we identify those folks who have had the vaccine? Right. So I don't know if everybody saw Andrew Yang's uh, tweet, you know, about maybe we can make you know everybody download an app. They have a barcode on their phone that can be scanned. So, you know, you've been vaccinated. Right. That's put a put a pin on that for for a second. So. I think it was WCTV, uh, a news station out of Tallahassee, Florida, posted an article earlier today that the Equal Opportunity Employment uh, Administration can force you, your employer can force you to get vaccinated or you can lose your job. Right. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think that what that is significant. Right. One, the, f- the fact that the, you know, that organization says, yeah, your, your employer can force you to get a vaccination or you lose your job. That in itself is absolutely asinine. Right. Think about 
your employer can force and force you to get a vaccine. What other vaccination did you have to provide your employer when you got hired? What other proof of vaccination did you have to employ your you know show? None. I didn't have to do. When I retired out of the army, my new employer, I didn't have to. I didn't have to show them any vaccination that I had. They didn't give a shit. They were like, "Here, you're qualified for the job. Done." Right. But the language in there. And what they quoted in that article was super scary because it is the responsibility of the employer to, quote, provide a safe work environment. That's really, really ambiguous, right? Define safe work environment. What possibilities could that lead to? I mean, that could lead to anywhere bad, right? You know, oh, no, 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 no. It's not just vaccinations that provide a safe work environment. It's all these other things that provide a safe work environment, right? And so, you know, again, and some people, you know, show their 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 stupidity by slippery slope is a logical fallacy, right? That's a slippery slope when you're like, oh, safe, quote, safe. What does that mean? So, you know, it, am I going to get the vaccine? Absolutely not. And you know, talking about proof, how does the government prove it is coming? Because there's been a couple other people that have mentioned it too, saying that everybody should carry around their little slip of paper, you know, saying, Hey, I got the, I got the COVID vaccine. I'm pretty sure we did that to people. Um, I think we tattooed their forearms. I think we made them wear gold stars sewn onto their clothing. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we stopped them and, you know, asked them for their papers. I don't know, Roger, it, I think we're headed somewhere very, very bad with this and over something that literally fucking has a 99.9% survivability rate. Like this is not, this is not the bubonic plague, right? And there are people that have died from it and that's tragic. There are people who lost loved ones and that's tragic, you know, but it's like Italy. People are like, oh my God, so many people in Italy died. Look at all the ages of the people in Italy died. You know, you know why so many people of those ages died in Italy? Because they had the most one, Italy's got the most centurions in the world. You know, in the world, right? Their elderly population was higher than almost any other country in the world. So yeah, it's it, absolutely they're going to lose more because they have more. It just you know, the whole thing just it, it absolutely boggles my mind. Um, and the fact that ninety percent of Americans would go along with whatever the government tells them to is just that just opens up a whole another discussion. Um, 2020 has been enlightening for, for multiple reasons. Yeah. I was just going to bring up, I was like, at first, uh, I think it's either the CEO or president of Pfizer. Somebody brought up and it created a big firestorm. He hasn't even taken the vaccine yet. And I was like, wow, you know, that really says something. I, I started thinking about it as my gear started turning in my head and I'm like, he was advised not to take it because even if, Dude, like there are adverse reactions to every vaccine out there. People with allergies can go into anaphylactic shock just from getting the flu uh, vaccine. I mean, you never know. I mean, something could go wrong. I mean, a few people develop Bell's palsy, you know. Uh, I mean, something could go wrong. (laughs) Man, it's like the CFO or whoever probably advised him. It's like, dude, there is a 0.001% chance that something could go wrong with you getting this vaccine. It is not worth it. And it's like, okay, I I buy that. I buy that. I mean, I don't know if that's what happened, but I'm sure of it. I mean, what do you think, Roger? You think that's the case? Well, yeah. I mean, here's the reality of it. You talk about whether you take the vaccine or not. 
I would choose not to take the vaccine, not because of, you know, it's version one or whatever. It's just, I'm not high risk. And I kind of like, you know, along your lines there, I kind of look at it as elective surgery. Like anytime you go under the knife, there's a risk, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we've had friends, we've had dear friends uh, pass away, um, you know, through clots and this and that that happens off, you know, some unrelated, you know, uh, surgeries that they've had or any medical procedure. So I'm just not about, I mean, I generally don't treat my body as too much of a temple as I, you know, pour booze down my gullet every, every, you know, other night or whatever. So I know it, it doesn't really go along with my, my daily habits, but generally speaking, you know, when it comes to medical procedures, vaccinations, it's not, I'm not opposed to them, but I, I don't want to do it unless I have to do it, unless there's a risk that I'm going to die, right? Like, hey, like he said, bubonic plague. Hey, guess what? If the Spanish flu was out here, yeah, I'd be taking a vaccine, okay? Because the, the chances are, you know, I mean, the, the, you, you look at the 1918 flu, it's estimated that it actually killed 10% of the world's population, okay? 10% chance of me dying is pretty significant. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'll take a vaccine for that. But for, you know, a 0.001% chance that I'm going to die catching COVID, um, which I think I probably already had it and was just asymptomatic at this point, I, I, I believe. But uh, I, I just, there's no need. But what's going to happen is they're going to force you to take it. Mm-hmm. Because like you guys are saying, it's going to be, well, you can't go here unless you show the papers. So, And here's my question. A couple things. So if all three of us are in a room together, and you two take the vaccine and I don't, how are you guys at risk? You're already vaccinated, right? So what, what I, I don't get like the whole showing papers and this, that's like, well, if, if you, if, if, you know, the majority of folks are out there are, are vaccinated and it's like, oh, you have to create a, a safe work environment. Well, if we work together and you two have taken the vaccine and I choose not to, how have I put you at risk? You're vaccinated, right? I mean, that's just the way it's supposed to work. But I think what you're starting to see here is it doesn't fit the overall narrative to support the lockdowns, to support the closure of businesses, to force people to become dependent on the government. Because even now they're like, well, you know, you got to take, you have to take two doses of the vaccine for it to be effective. Um, And oh, by the way, even after you've taken the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. Well, why do I have to wear a mask if I've been vaccinated? You know, I mean, at that point, you know, if we're all vaccinated, it's like, why do you have to do any of that stuff? But again, it's just, it's the lack of consistency from day one. And I get it. People say, oh, well, you know, science changes and that's kind of how it works. Okay. Viruses have been around for quite a while. And I think we kind of know how that stuff spreads. And then, you know, we've talked about it several times here, you know, wash your hands. Don't, don't lick any door handles and you're probably going to be pretty safe, <laughs> but it's like everything changes. And even the CDC now, you know, I think we talked about it a, a couple episodes ago where they put out a little blurb saying that, oh, by the way, masks, we have proven that masks not only protect other people, but we've shown that masks protect you as well. So they're already starting to ramp that up, right? Because it's got to fit their narrative. And and I think a lot of this, unfortunately, I think a lot of it, the the U.S. has taken the lead on because we're the global superpower and this and that. And so everybody just kind of follows suit. But uh, I, I think they're really just setting it up for, hey, March, you know, it's the it's the spring. It's the new coming. Biden's in office. Look at what I've done for the you know over the last three months, and now we can all get back to normal. I, I think it's just it's a lot of politics, and you're trying to you know you're trying to support agendas. So I read something yesterday. Um, I know we haven't talked. Well, I guess we continue talking about the election. We're going to talk about some of the cabinet picks. So how many of you, both of you, would you believe that Minnesota had an eighty percent voter turnout? No. no, that's incredible. 
There's no way. There's no way. No way. Wait, you have to be careful now because if this is going on YouTube, you know their new policy. What's their policy? You can't. You can't. You can't imply that there was any kind of fraud in the election. You can't, or they they will remove your video. What? Now we're too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now we're too low. Uh, low hanging fruit for them to care that no no one would ever see it. But yeah, dude, you cannot allege fraud uh, in a YouTube video. You can't allege fraud. That changed the outcome of the election. You cannot do that on YouTube right now. They will remove your video, period. Wow. That's that's the that's the new policy. So I didn't mean to cut you off, Joshua. Were you gonna answer on uh the eighty percent thing? Oh no, no. No, I wasn't. I was just saying no, I don't believe it, but I was shocked when I heard you say <laughs> that. I haven't uh I haven't heard that yet. You know, it'd probably be the best thing for this show if we got one of our videos removed from YouTube, really. So we should we should probably just go ahead and keep that. Hey, it's like hey, yeah, it's like eighty percent. That's high. Hey, it's like Rogers said, bad press is press, right? So the the question at this point is back to you, Roger, on this one. The question is, let's just say that there was eighty percent turn. Okay, there was eighty percent turnout. What are the reasons for that? One could be well, there was something janky going on with the uh, you know ballot counting, or. 80% of the people turned out to vote, which I would guess, and I have no idea off the top of my head, but I would guess that's probably 20, 15 to 20% above normal. So it's like 15 to 20% above normal got out to vote. I think it goes back to what we were saying last week. I mean, or last episode, I should say, is that, man, people either must really hate Trump or really love Biden or it's got to be one or the other, right? Or love Trump. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's strange. So that's kind of a roundabout question, Roger. I, I guess I'm putting you on the spot. Is there something janky going on? Or did this many people just turn out? There's no way. Dude, I'm looking at the, I've got the state by state turnout rate, which by the way, from what I can tell, nationally, your turnout rate's around 54, 56, 57% or whatever. So we're not even talking about five or 10% here. At this point, you're talking about a a 25% increase in voter turnout. So you had Minnesota with an 80% voter turnout, which you would never convince me that 80% of the eligible voters or registered voters turned out to vote ever. I mean, you just, there's no way you'll ever convince me of that. Colorado, you had 76.4%. I don't believe 76% of the people showed up. Maine, 76.3%. Wisconsin, 75.8%. Washington, 75.7%. Do you notice a trend with the states with the highest turnouts? Um, Oregon, 75.5%. New Hampshire, 75.5%. New Jersey, 74.3%. Vermont, 74.2%. Do you you notice this trend continuing? This is going top down, right? Uh, Vermont, 74.2%. Michigan, 73.9%. We'll continue this trend. Okay, you got a little break here. Iowa, 73.2. I actually do believe the Iowa turnout because they, they tend to be pretty heavy in their caucus. Uh, you know, their primaries, I, I, that might be a little bit high for them, but I can see them getting, you know, fired up about it because they do, I think, historically have some higher uh, voter turnouts. Michigan, I already said, Montana, 73.1. Virginia, 73. Uh, Massachusetts, 72. And then you start getting to the red states, which is about 70 to 69, 68, 65, which I think in any election, like I get a five or 10% bump 
or decrease, right? Depending on, because we all know it depends, you know, how many down ballot, you know, folks are on the ballot and, and, and their cycle. So if your average is 56%, some years you're going to hit 60, 62, some years you're going to hit like 50 or whatever. So I can understand a five or 10% bump. Uh, you'll never convince me that 80% of the voters turned out. Never. You'll never convince me that 76%, 75. I mean, I think I would probably, I think anything like 70 and above. I'm just not sure that, that I buy that 70% of the, you know, registered voters turned out to vote. I mean, there's no way. Right. I mean, that's, and, and I'm not saying, Hey, you can call it whatever. I mean, maybe we do need to have our video taken down. Now uh, give us some good press and we can, we can go bitch and complain on, you know, on our Facebook page, but it's, uh, you know, however you want to break that down, whether it's uh, ballot harvesting or whatever, uh, I, I mean, that's the only way that you're going to get percentages that high. And, it, and it's kind of, it goes back to what we were saying with Biden. You got a guy who lost the presidency, you know, he ran several times and lost, never made it out of the, the, the primaries. And then all of a sudden he gets 80 million votes more than any other president in, in the history of our elections. It just, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me, right? It just, there's just no way that makes sense to me. No, there's a, there's 100% no way, uh, especially when that same person, if it would have been 2008, right? And Barry, yeah, right. If it would have been Barry 2008 and he was drawing the, and Biden was drawing the crowds that Barry drew in 2008 at the rally, stuff like that. Like, uh, okay. You know, maybe, yeah. I, I, I can see that. When you're talking about a guy who is drawing less than a hundred people to everyone, you know, to the vast majority of the rallies, dude, there's no way. There is absolutely no way, right? And so we all know the polls back in 2016 were completely skewed. And then when the polls came out, you know, for for 2020, and they were like, oh, Biden's up, you know, 17, 18, 20 plus, all you know, 30 in some places. We all knew they're like, dude, there's no way. Like, look at that rally. There's literally eight people there. There are literally eight people there, you know, six feet apart. There's no way. Little circles. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, dude, there's, there's, there's no way that he's drawing that level of enthusiasm to say, oh, he's, you know, he's plus 20. Right. There's just, it's, it's statistically impossible. And when you look at those states, especially, it, and that, and that by itself, you could argue but what you can't argue is the totality of it, right? So you look at what state stopped counting in the middle of the night. What state sent all the poll watchers home and stopped counting, right? Atlanta. So Fulton County, Georgia, stopped counting, quote unquote, due to a water main break. They, they literally posted that on their social media. There's been a water main break. Um, at the, you know, at the dome in Atlanta, we have to, you know, we have to stop. Well, they call the public works Atlanta, you know, public works, whatever the name of the company. They said, no, we don't have any trouble tickets. We don't have anything on a water main break there. Okay. So when you start putting all that information together, and again, I go back to, you know, I'm not a, not an expert analyst, but I've done some analysis in my time. When you start looking at that, there's something rotten in Denmark, right? And it, absolutely absolutely 100 percent does not smell right there there's it's just the numbers don't support it historical numbers don't support it statistical probabilities science 
does not support it. Um, you know, and then you have, you know, now you have the hack, right? They're like, oh, well, you know, 2016, it was, oh, Russia hacked the election. Russia hacked the election and got Trump, you know, got Trump elected. And then 2020, there's no way our elections could be hacked. It's impossible. There, there's no way. Those are all legitimate. There's no way our elections could be manipulated. And you're like, <laughs> like, dude, we didn't fix that shit in four years. It took Florida 20 years to fix their, you know, issues from 2000, you know, Bush v. Gore, right? We didn't fix all that stuff in four years, brother, right? If you take a look at Dominion voting systems, and again, I'm, I'm not a black helicopter guy, right? I'm not a black helicopter guy, but... There are a lot of people making it very hard for me not to be a black helicopter guy. There are a lot of things going on that make it very difficult for me not to start to say, hey, maybe there are black helicopters, right? You take a look at Dominion voting systems. Who are some of the key people do the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, people that sit on the board of Dominion voting systems, right? And I'm going to use George as an example. Kemp, Kemp should be in jail. I know you right now. Kip should be in jail. Um, there are multiple people in, Georgia, in the state of Georgia that should be in jail. You know, uh, Nevada, they're coming out. And, and I saw it again. I don't know how true this is, but they were talking about there was 42,000 people who were deceased who voted in the 2020 election in Nevada. 42,000. There were a couple of, there was about, I think it was maybe 10,000, 12,000. I, I know I got the numbers just a tad off. They're not far off, but they're, they're probably a little off. Uh, people who no longer lived in Nevada, but just got mailed a ballot anyway, because they went down these old registration, voter registration list, and so you know, shotgun blasted all these ballots. And people were like, oh, well, the military votes absentee ballot all the time. Mail-in ballot and absentee ballots, the chain of custody is 100% different on them. And if you don't understand the difference, you're an idiot. So do us a favor. Go do some due diligence uh, before you come back. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think uh, somebody was making that a drinking game. Um, Titus. Titus. Hey, Titus, shout out to you, brother. Uh, appreciate it. So take a drink. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw that in there, throw that out there for you. Hey, matter of um, fact, go gurgle when, you, when you're when you doing your uh, – There, you can take another drink. Drink, drink, drink. We're going to have Titus oh. shit face by the end of the show. Yeah. And so, you know, you take you, – that one of those things by itself, I would say, okay, right? Because I don't know enough about. It. But when you put all of those together in their totality, you cannot, you cannot convince me. You will never convince me that this election was fair, ever, ever. It doesn't. I'm with you, Josh, man, and I think all three of us have said that. I know Roger has the black helicopter, but it, God, I say this almost every day. Up in the office, we have a chance to talk quite a bit just about the you know current events, the situation in the world. And I'm like, bros, how am I not supposed to be conspiratorial? I'm trying not to be, you know, have a conspiracy theory mindset, but all these things coming together is just weird, man. It's really weird. And, you know, you get with the Occam's razor thing and eventually Occam's razor with all this stuff going on, it's like Occam's razor is going to tell you the simplest solution is there's something hinky going on, you know? And like, this latest cyber attack, uh, I don't know a lot about it so far. Again, I just I've been on my ass when it comes to reading. I've been playing too much Call of Duty <laughs> and not enough uh, not enough uh, background research for this show. So I apologize to all our fans out there. But uh, yeah, it, I think uh, it was uh, 
it wasn't a backdoor cy- cyber attack. Roger probably knows way more about this than I do, but uh, they got inside, I think, on some test software that was going out and basically broke all the windows, left the doors unlocked so that when the actual software went out, they knew the vulnerabilities and they being the the hackers, the attackers. And I think Pompeo was the first member of Trump's cabinet to say it either today or yesterday that it looks like it has Russia's fingerprints on it, uh, SVR. And before that, it was like, you know, a lot of, you know, pundits and, uh, you know, talking heads on TV and, and Twitter were saying it was the Russians, Russians, Russians. I was like, now, hold on. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, but now they're saying it was the Russians. And I think what pisses me off about this, and I think it's a sign of things to come, is that, you know, the, the news media, Axios, especially uh, MSNBC, Microsoft itself is saying this is an act of war. You've got Dick Durbin and our our hero, Mitt Romney, saying this is an act of war. An act of war. It's like, we're already talking about war? Is that what we're doing right now? We're talking about war over this cyber attack that we know nothing about other than it's, people are saying it's the biggest one in U.S. in history of the world. Huge cyber attack. And I've been noticing some some hinky stuff going on uh, with... uh, with the internet here and like some of the firewalls and things like that. Uh, there's been a couple of new policies at work. We have to get rid of this. We have to start doing that uh, when it comes to uh, uh, cybersecurity. So apparently it's pretty widespread, but act of war. I mean, I don't know. And, and like Josh said, okay, so it was Russia, Russia, Russia in 2016, uh, Trump colluding with Russia so that, uh, you know, Trump would get elected. And I guess if, if you believe that, then I guess that the Russians did a pretty good job. So what were they doing this time? What, what did we fix? Or were they, did they do this massive hack so that Trump would get reelected and they just suck so bad that they were so good in 2016, but we shored up our defenses. It's the biggest attack in history and Trump still lost, man. Yes, we beat the Russians. This is great. I mean, it just, none of this makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what what doesn't make sense also is a massive cyber attack like this. Why? Why now? Why would you do this now? I mean, I know they have their reasons and everything. I don't want to speculate on that, but I mean, it just doesn't seem like the best time to do it. Maybe they had no choice. Maybe they you know saw their uh, saw the back door open and had to go in. But why start messing with things? I don't know, Roger. Uh, what do you have to say about the hack? Well, I would say that uh, I think what the left is saying is Trump just ran the most secure election in the history of our country, right? So you you, you had 2016 yeah. <laughs> that the Russians were all involved with, and they hacked the systems, and that's how Trump got, got elected. And so in under four years, uh, he was able to fix our election system to run the most secure election ever in, in the history of our country. So secure that he lost the election, right? A couple of things I want to touch on before I get onto the hack. Part of the problem with the whole black helicopter thing or why it's it's hard not to get on that, that bird as it takes off, like nobody from the left is even coming out to defend any of these numbers. Because, I mean, here's the thing, right? If I was running for office and I received over 80 million votes, more votes. Okay, so you got to remember this. The population of the U.S. is only 328 million. That's everybody, okay? If you're telling me that I went, ran a campaign that brought in 80 million plus votes. 
Dude, I'm going to brag about that. That's headline, right? I mean, that is, that is, hey, the people have spoken. There is a mandate out there uh, other than a mask mandate that they want me to be their president. 80, that's what I, that's what you're going to read about in the news. That's what I'm going to pump. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? We had an 80% voter turnout, 80% voter turnout in Minnesota, and 80 million people voted for me. Americans have spoke. I am their leader. That's not happening. I mean, because Trump did that in 2016, right? He came out and said, hey, it's a mandate. The American people have spoken. They want to change. They want to drain the swamp. You know, Americans love me and I'm your new president. And, and if you're Biden or, or, or Harris, you would be doing the same thing. But it's the fact that nobody on the left, even, even when you watch the pundits, CNN, MSNBC, all this stuff, nobody's like supporting the whole, hey, you know, he got 80 million votes. There's 75%. Nobody's touching that. It's just all being glossed over. So it, it's hard not to get on that bird. With the going to your cyber hack, here's the tough thing about all that stuff, because there is a fine line on whether it's an actual war, not a war, you know, is it, is it, a, is it a, uh, you know aggressive action or whatever. It's really hard to determine who sponsored it, uh, because a lot, of, a lot of your hacks, it's, a lot of them aren't state-sponsored. Now, some of them are, obviously, uh, but a lot of your hacks... You go back and, and we've worked some cases. A lot of it is tied to criminal organizations because uh, they're trying to steal your crap. Uh, FireEye was hacked, or I think they attempted to hack FireEye, and I think they actually took some of their hacking tools. Uh, so it, it's you know you've got some of the the Russian TTPs and the and, and some of the code that's that's generated, but again you've got large criminal organizations over there as well. And so it, there'll be more to play out, I think, when you look into this uh, as they continue to go forward to say, okay, was this. Um, was this state sponsored? Was this a criminal organization? Because I think most of the investigations that we've done in the past, or I've done, uh, most of them were actually tied to, to criminal stuff. I mean, you have a couple intel things, and I think when you look at like your Huawei pieces and this and that, it goes a little bit deeper. But most of that stuff is financial or, or criminal uh, in nature. As far as something else, I want to touch on real quick. When you look at Biden and his cabinet, so what do you guys think so far about his cabinet picks? So we had an episode on the cabinet picks. So we had a couple of, of additions, and, and Josh brought up one this morning that I haven't looked into. But let's start with uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Transportation Secretary. So uh, you know, I, I want to get Josh's thoughts on, on on good old Pete there being. I, I wish I, I need to when he's talking, I'm gonna pull up his quote. What because I think Josh, I think you actually tweeted it right, talking about well, you know. I remember riding on an Amtrak train when I was a kid and I met my husband in a, in a taxi. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, Oh, so that, that's what it takes to become qualified because here's the deal. So Pete, and here's another thing you ever noticed that. And, and Pete was a, he was in the Navy. Uh, he's a veteran. You notice that he really doesn't talk a whole lot about his downrange time. And he doesn't do that because, and, and we know this. And for those listeners out there that are in this community. So if you're an intelligence officer, and you were selected to be the commander's driver in, in a combat theater, guess how good at your job you probably are. <laughs> I mean, am I, am I right? I'm not wrong. Uh, 100%. 100%. Uh, so, Pete, yeah, so I, so, so I didn't tweet out his tweet. I, I, I retweeted uh, NPR's uh, tweet, which quoted him. And so here, here's NPR's tweet, and I'll quote, Pete Buttigieg, President-elect Biden's pick for transportation secretary, said he has, quote, a personal love of transportation, end quote, recounting train trips on Amtrak while in college and said he proposed to his now husband, Chaston, uh, in an airport terminal. And real quick, Joe Biden uh, referred to uh, Pete Buttigieg's husband as Kristen uh, <laughs> during a press conference and not Chaston. Uh, so 
I guess. So, you know, and so I posted that and it was one of those things. It was like, well, you know, I'm a fat kid. I like food. Um, I have some in my refrigerator. I go to the grocery store and get some more. So can I be, can I be in charge of the FDA? Does that qualify to me to be charged? You'd be in charge of the I, FDA? Is that, is that, I like drugs. That, I like drugs. I like drugs. Is that how that works? I like guns. I have a few. I want to get some more. Can I be in charge of the ATF? Like, whoa. <laughs> But Pete, for Pete Buttigieg to come out, you know, and say, oh, man, I'm really proud to, you know, be appointed. I, I have a love of transportation. I've always had a love of transportation. And I proposed to, you know, I proposed at an airport terminal. That is like, who, buddy? Hey, that- I drove here. I love transportation so much that I drove here to this press conference in a car. Yes. Yes. And so I dude, Luke, you know, Luke pointed it out uh, a couple episodes ago, dude, the next four years is going to provide us so much great content, so much great content. It's just, it's, it's just beginning. Um, you know, the cabinet picks, uh, you know, Joe Biden's latest cabinet pick, uh, for secretary of the interior, uh, he made a point to, uh, you know, the first native American, you know, to be secretary of the interior and, if you go back, um, and I have to look up, uh, I have to look up her name. Uh, I, I tweeted it out. Um, what was Deb Holland? All right, so Deb Holland is going to be Secretary of the Interior if confirmed. Uh, you know, and if you go back and you look at some of her social media posts. I only had it, so it came out right before we we hopped on here, so I didn't have time to really dig into it. But a couple of highlights, you know, for the uh, for the cheap seats out there, uh, she believes, quote, the United States was stolen from the Native Americans, uh, end quote, and that the uh, you know we we've done the Native Americans wrong ever since then. And stuff. And it, I, I don't disagree there. There you know there have definitely been some you know some some grievances. Uh, you know, that are justified, but again, that whole, if you, if you can, you know, if you can get people to buy into the, you know, the white man stole the land theory, then America doesn't exist. Right. Right. That that, that America, the idea of America does not exist uh, right from the get go. And, you know, you look at the, the secretary of education, I believe it was, and I don't know. I read something else after that that it was a uh, you know it, it, that it wasn't true, but who knows? But I forget her name. The uh, Charlotte Clymer. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the transgender, um, you know, Secretary of Education. You have you you are starting to build that very very far left, uh, you know, cabinet. Um, you're, you're starting to build that very far left. Uh, you know, the, that pool of nominees and, and secretaries and directors and stuff. And man, you know, you look at that, you, again, you start with the education, you get kids early while they're in elementary school, man. It's, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to fix that. Uh, I forget who said it, but it's, you know, it's easier to, uh, it's easier to build strong children than fix broken men. Uh, and you, you get them early, the education, Hey, America was stolen. White man bad. Um, you know, boys can be, boys can be girls and girls can be go, you know, boys. That's hard to come back from. That's hard to come back from once that's been inculcated, inculcated, uh, you know, in kids for, 
you know, for 18, 20 years. It's, I'd, I'd really like to spend a whole episode on that. Uh, one of these days, uh, maybe we could piss a lot of people off, uh, talking about, uh, gender dysphoria, the, uh, ICD 10, the diagnostic statistical manual five and how it classifies those and how that's changed over the years. That would be good. Oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in Charlotte Climber for the next episode, along with, uh, Josh's abortion and, oh, uh, talking about, uh, <laughs> talking about, uh, some of the problems in uh, racial disparity in the United States, because man, holy cow, Josh kind of went off the other night and it's like, it's all true, but it's like, this is stuff you do not want to say in a public place because somebody's going to get pissed off. But I do think that uh, maybe the three of us uh, should sit down and, and uh, talk about how we're going to bring these things up. Cause Charlotte Clymer, if she is going to be uh, the secretary of education, I think that is a, a red flag for in more ways than one. I did some uh, research on her and uh, she's an activist, period. I, I find nowhere, I, I find no evidence anywhere that she's qualified to do this job. I mean, B- Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, at least he's got some executive experience. Right. Okay. I mean, honestly, we joke and we laugh about it, you know, but to be a secretary, you got you to gotta be an executive. And it, it, that's the very least. You should probably know something about, you know, the department that you're managing. But uh, the most important thing is to be an executive. And I do not see that with Charlotte Clymer. You know, I was uh, it turns out that the secretary of defense is not going to be cross eye uh, Flournoy left eye. Sorry, left eye Flournoy. <laughs> it's going to be a uh, retired General Lloyd Austin. And uh you know, Flournoy was or Biden transition team was getting a bunch of flack for uh, Flournoy and uh, and Anthony Anthony uh, Blinken uh, because of their their ties with West Exec. I mean, we called that. And we're like, come on! I mean, how blind are you? And people were kind of giving him some heat for that. So he got rid of Left Eye Flournoy and brought in General Austin. And it's like, okay, all right, cool. But this guy's like on the board of Raytheon, dude. He's not it's any like, better. <laughs> He's not any better, not when it comes to like that deep, not deep state, if you want to call it that, but that military industrial complex, all these things. It's like, God, I mean, it's, it's, oh, he's not any better. He's not any better. I, I don't have a, uh, a lot to say about him other than I, I do not hear good things about him when he was uh, the commander of SYNCOM. But, uh, yeah, it's just, boy, these cabinet picks, I'll tell you what, it, it Josh said it best. This is just years of material. So, I mean, our seven listeners out there are going to get a real kick out of the next four years. It's just going to be great. And, you know, what I'm really loving is the, the gymnastics, the mental gymnastics that that the right, I'll give it the right also, and the left are putting themselves through right now with, uh, with the intersectionality. Well, there aren't enough transsexual picks. Well, why'd you pick a white woman? Okay, I'll pick a black man. Oh, well, why'd you pick a man, period? It's like, ah, you just can't win with the intersectionality. And it's great. It's, it's, it's awesome watching them eat themselves. It's just, it's the greatest. And one thing I, I'm glad to see a comeback on is, I, I'm, it, because of me in particular, October 28th, I think, was the magic day. You know, people are going to start calling me doctor. Because, period. <laughs> hey, man, I got a piece of paper that says, I am Dr. Luke. Period. Just like Dr. Jill, man. She's got an EDD. That's that's a doctor. And it's an advanced degree. It's like a PhD, but it's called an EDD. And 
it's going to be Dr. Jill. And people are just tying themselves in knots. <laughs> They're like, well, I'm not going to call her doctor. She's not an MD. It's like, well, whatever. It's it's an honorific title. You're going to call her what you call her. But uh, I got a lot of things to say about EDD, but I don't want to piss off uh, Josh's wife just yet. Maybe later in the episode. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a couple beers, loosen myself up a little bit. And I think uh, Roger said he wrote down Dr. Jill. So I'm going to let him... Uh, pontificate on that and that, what kills me is like and I don't, I don't care if you know she gets her edd i give two shits not like i know the lady you're gonna meet her or whatever what kills me is it's right up there with biden's Kristen chaston thing oh yeah i've known them for years and you know Kristen, uh what, what, what's his name oh chaston oh yeah yeah so basically you just made that up it reminds me of the howard stern uh movie private parts when he's like you know he's, he's reading that ad on the radio and i forget what it is he's like you know, some gutter repair or whatever. She's like, these guys are great. I remember as a little kid and this and that, and they're like, grand opening. Well, I obviously just lied to you about that, right? And that's exactly what's going on here. And, and it's the same thing with the with Jill Biden, with Whoopi Goldberg. When Whoopi Goldberg was on The View, and I didn't watch it, I saw a clip on, on Twitter or whatever. And she was like, you know who should be our next Surgeon General? Dr. Jill Biden should be the next Surgeon General. She's a fantastic doctor and da-da-da-da-da, right? Like, like she knew, she was literally like, she's an awesome doctor and it gave, it implied that she actually went to go see Dr. Biden, you know, for some medical procedure or some medical advice or something, right? And you kind of see the rest of the crew on there are like, so yeah, she's not a medical doctor. It's like, you just, you just lied. And, and that's the problem with it. you. Just, you don't call it for what it is. And that's when you look at the cabinet members, the rest of the cabinet, and I'll go with Charlotte Clymer, you know, and I kind of, I sort of kind of agree with you on the Pete Buttigieg, but to, not, not as much. It's the, it's the lack of qualifications. Charlotte Clymer, and I could care less about the transgender thing. I think it's another episode. We'll talk about it. Luke will go on and, and do his deep dive, but just throw that aside. She was in the army from 2005 to 2012. Uh, she got out as a corporal. So she was an E4 after seven years. Um, went to the military academy i don't she didn't graduate she left or got out or whatever the heck happened I, I i couldn't find what happened there why she left um or he i guess at the time and then went to go work visitor services uh representative at the holocaust museum went to georgetown got her bachelor's uh and then as of 2017 was the human rights campaign um you know manager for the largest lgbtq advocacy group in the country so Where's the qualification there to be the secretary of education? I mean, shouldn't you know something about, if anything, Dr. Jill Biden would be a better pick for your secretary of education, right? I mean, if you really want to go that right, that's the person that you put there. Pete Buttigieg, what the hell does he know about transportation? Like, I'm not opposed to, to, to bringing people in from the commercial sector to run or be the heads of those departments. Because they, the government works hand-in-hand hand with business, and, and those folks that are in the commercial sector, they know how to effectively and efficiently run companies. And I think that's what, uh, that's what Donald Trump did for a lar you know, large part of his cabinet, and he was very quick to fire folks. He brought folks in. They couldn't do the job. He fired him, but but what did you hear on you know what did you hear on the hill when he did when he fired somebody? Oh, I can't believe he fired this person. And we you look at all the turnovers. Like, well, you were against the pick to begin with. Now you want the guy or gal to stay there for another couple of years? It's like, hey, you're here. You, you're here to serve a purpose. If you can't do that or you're not effective, then we fire you. 
but that's not what happens. They just it's it's your typical government job, which you know Luke Luke has, where you can sit back and you know, you've got all that job security and you're going to get paid. Hey, shut down the country. It doesn't matter because I'm still getting my paycheck. Right? Forget about me and Josh and, and the little guys. But that's the problem that I see with a lot of this stuff is there's just no qualifications that I that I've seen with his cabinet members. Show me where you've got some background. That's why you get down to where Josh was talking about. We just have too many agencies because we do. The government's just way too big. But not only is it way too big, it's way too big, and you have folks that are incompetent. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean that to be malicious, but they just don't have the education or the experience to run those sections. Hey, guess what? You know, it's like it's like Josh said with his analogy with the FDA. I'm probably not the best person to run the FDA. Not going to happen. You don't want me building your food, you know, pyramid or or whatever. <laughs> That's the reality. I'm good with you building our food pyramid. Oh, I'm sure you are. And I'm sure, <laughs> you know, as far as the health of our country, that's probably not good. But that's my big problem with all that. Yeah. And so, so to round out the, uh, so you brought up the, uh, you know, the Austin uh, pick, Luke, right? So everybody remembers back, uh, back there, Barry's administration, when the ISIS intelligence, uh, you know, those intelligence estimates got, might have been manipulated, might have been a little off, might have been skewed by sitcom. Yeah, guess who the sitcom commander was at the time? Austin, right? JV team, baby. ISIS, JV team. Yeah, no, it, don't worry about them. They're good. They're fine. They're not a big deal. Yeah, that was uh, that was Austin. Uh, and Austin also came out and stated uh, last week that we do not need to pull out of Iraq, Afghanistan. If anything, we need to basically, you know, ensure that our commitment to our partners in Iraq and Afghanistan is without question. Um, so that means uh, we're not pulling out. We're going to, you know, another surge because Afghanistan, we just need one more surge. One more surge is going to turn the tide. That's going to do the trick, you know? So, Hey, for somebody that's already retired, I'm, you know what? I'm good with it, man. There's going to be plenty of blood money out there. Contracts. Um, you know, I'll hop on that. Uh, I'll hop on that good contractor mercenary train and, uh, you know, make a, uh, make a bunch of money, you know, because, Hey, and you, you guys had it good. You, the United States had it good four years without entering any new wars. Guess what, baby? That's over. That's done with because we are about to, we are about to double down on the shit we got and we are about to start something new. Uh, unfortunately with the whole Jill Biden doctor thing, it wasn't even Jill Biden that came out and said, call me doctor. That's my biggest problem with this, right? I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. If you want me to call you, refer to you as doctor, I'll refer to you as doctor. You know, a good friend of mine that I went out to, you know, to, to shoot deer, deer with in Texas last week, he has a certificate from the state of Texas you know, they gave him when he retired and making him, he's an honorary admiral in the Texas Navy. So, <laughs> hey man, I guess we need to call Texas him admiral. Texas has a Navy? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, you know, so, hey, we would need to call him admiral. If we're, if we're just going to use these honorifics and everything, that's fine. Hey, you know what? And look, you can marry people, right? Aren't you, aren't you a reverend to, or something? That's a ordained minister. Yes, I can marry people in the state of Texas. In the state. Yes, hey. and perform perform funeral rites too. All right. So, Minister Joe, Minister Minister, we're gonna call hey, we're gonna call him Minister Doctor Doctor Minister. Which one do you prefer? Since you have both, oh, <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things. Like, <laughs> he, you know, I think it was uh, who was it? Adam, you know, Adam Carolla. 
<laughs> Corolla said, hey, as far as the whole doctor thing goes, if you're on an airplane and they ask, is there a doctor on board <laughs> and you don't raise your hand, guess what? You're not a doctor. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There you, there you have it. Uh, and, but it's just the whole thing. It's like, it wasn't even my, my biggest issue with it is it wasn't even her that made the issue about it. It was somebody else. Like you will refer to, you know, you will refer to her as doctor. She has a doctor. It was like, well, if she doesn't care what she's called, why do you have such a problem with it? Right. That, I mean, this just really, I don't know. That's my biggest thing with it. As far as the you know the rest of the cabinet picks go, whatever we definitely need to dedicate an episode to uh, you know to to some of that. Um, I think it just I really I really hate to see us get drug into more wars. I really do. Um, it's not gonna. It's, it's just it's just not gonna be good. It's long long past time for us to leave Afghanistan. It's time for us to uh, you know leave Iraq. Uh, but we're not going to, cause that makes money, right? Uh, you know, too many politicians make too much money off of, uh, off of wars and, and the defense industrial base. You know, take a look at the F 35, the F 35 is made in 17 different States. There are parts for that thing made in 17 different States. You know why they did it that way? So you can't kill it because there's too many members of Congress that have too much invested in that. They'll never let that thing get killed. Um, Wasn't it like, didn't they do that with the Pugo? Wasn't the Pugo done that way? They built it in like, uh, I think so. Yeah. So that way he's like, Oh, we got support for this thing. We're putting this thing out, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. they did, they did the same thing with the Yugo. Remember Yugos? Yeah. Remember, remember the Yugo that it was made in Yugoslavia and it was, uh, uh, the, the dictator at the time, his name was, uh, Tito. And that was one of his ways to hold everybody together. It's like we're going to have our own car, our communist car, and every uh, section of Yugoslavia, you know, Bosnia, Slovenia, Croatia, Macedonia, on down the line, is going to make a part to this car. And we're going to put it all together, and everybody's going to get along, and we can all be proud of it. <laughs> it was one of the shittiest cars ever made. And it's it's like widely known as as the one of the crappiest cars ever made. I want to bring up one thing. I, I hope we have a new listener. Uh, the other night on Twitter, I, I, I got carried away, man. You know, you shouldn't, you should mix any level of alcohol with social media. And this is a lesson I have yet to learn because I, I got in an argument with some dude over something stupid on Twitter. And I was just flaming this guy, just flaming him. And I, I, I sat back at one point, I was like, why am I mad at this dude? I mean, Based on this Twitter thread, I mean, we should be on the same side. So I, I did my part to kind of repair it. You know, I followed him, and now we follow each other, and everything's all right. But the the thing we got in the argument about was uh, Trump, right? So uh, Trump is it was cheated, and Trump is uh, going to fight till the bitter end. And he said a comment, uh, something along the lines of, "It costs Trump way more money to be president." you know, than he made, which I guess to a point that could be true, but he was tying it into what's going on right now. You know, Trump is, uh, you know, uh, funding some of these lawsuits himself, I think up to $3 million or something. And I, I personally believe what Donald Trump is doing right now, personally, I don't think he's trying to stay president at all. 
I think he knows he lost, in my opinion. I think he knows he lost. He's on his way out. So let's milk this for all it's worth. And my whole thing was free media coverage, man. Free media coverage. How much media coverage is Trump getting right now? And how much would a private citizen have to pay to stay in the news this much? Trump's setting up what he's going to do after he's out. I don't know if he's going to start his own you know, social media, whatever. He's going to take over Parler or he's going to go over to Newsmax and do something. I don't know. But he's got a plan. And he's getting free media out of this right now. Uh, we were talking about, you know, there needs to be another political party. I think that should be another episode in and of itself. If anybody has any uh, thoughts on that, hit us up on the Facebook page. But yeah, I just, I think Trump knows he lost, man. I really do. And I think that he's going to do something after this. And it, what he's not doing, you know, Roger said something about the mandate. He's actually doing the GOP kind of a favor by making a big deal out of all of this. Because what this is doing is it's creating doubt in over 70 million voters, and it does not give Joe Biden a mandate. They're not claiming a mandate, and Trump's not giving it to them. He's like, nope, this is fishy. This is wrong. You do not have a mandate. So your presidency is in doubt. When I step away on January 20th or 21st, uh, whatever, 20th, uh, you know, there's going to be doubt in your presidency. So he's kind of doing the GOP a favor on that. I don't know. Uh, I wanted to get that out there because I knew I was going to forget to say it. Roger, do you think that Trump is like fighting the good fight and he thinks that he's going to be president and there's going to be some crazy shit going on like martial law? Or do you think he, you know, it's it's more like I said, that he's just kind of milking this for all it's worth and, you know, he's going to step away peacefully on the 20th? You just want me to agree with you, but that's fine. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I, he's, he's not a dumb dude. I know people, they want to believe that he's stupid and they call him all these names. He's not dumb. You don't become a billionaire by being just completely inept. But I think one, he's milking it. But the other thing, it, it is in Donald Trump's nature. He is a fighter. And I would tell you this, for the 70 some odd million people that voted for him and, and, and me in particular, and I think this touches base with what we've been talking about all week on our chats with all these mandates and this and that. He fights. I mean, too many people, we, we've talked about the majority of people out there are just pussies because they'll just sit there and he's like, just keep, you know, just keep cutting away. Just keep cutting away. It's like, all right, all right, all right. They just, they just go along. Right. And I'm not saying that you got to be an asshole about everything and get pushed back on every little thing, but it, it's like what I said in the, in the chat to, to Luke a couple of days ago. Sometimes I go out and almost try to instigate something. I want somebody to tell me, well, you need to wear a mask. Well, you need to shut the fuck up is what you need to do. I mean, what was the one thing I think Josh sent it out with the, uh, you know, about the, the drinking milk, you know, because uh, it's good for your teeth. You know what else is good for your teeth? You know, minding your own fucking business. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I like about Donald Trump is that he fights. It's clear. And again, I'm not going to go down the election fraud thing or whatever. You can think what you want. If you believe 80 million people voted, whatever, uh, for Biden, that's on you. I mean, obviously, the Electoral College has voted. That's done. Uh, I don't think there was any surprises with the Supreme Court because no judge is going to go back and take votes that have already been certified and take them off the shelf. That's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. And, and I don't know that I want that to happen, right? Unless there's something so egregious that we can find, hey, for a fact, here's the logs. This is what happened, whatever. But it's uh, he's a fighter, man. And, and, I, and I dig that. It's the, uh, he sees there's, there's something hokey here. He thinks some, you know, something's wrong. I think that the big thing with the election turnout 
is it's all decentralized and it always will be. I mean, election fraud doesn't happen. It's not like the old line and block chart where Biden gives the order. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to commit election fraud and you're going to do a and this state's going to do this. It doesn't happen that way. Okay, it operates like a modern day terrorist organization where basically it's decentralized and you have several folks, thousands of them at your state and local levels that decide and on both sides of the house. I'm not just saying it's just Democrats. Both sides of the house do this because let's not pretend that the GOP, you know, they don't have dirty players as well. But back to back to your thing. I think it's it's Donald Trump. One, he's getting the free press, like he said. And I think he just he likes to fight. I mean, he, he sees that he got screwed or he believes that he got screwed and he's going to fight. And, and, I, and I dig that. So it's uh, from that aspect, I kind of I, I think he's he knows the clock is ticking. Obviously, January 20th is going to come and, and we're going to have an inauguration of a new president and he'll go do something, you know, something else. Whether he runs for office again in four years or not, I don't know. I don't know if he'll have that energy or that he'll actually want to do that again. But he's clearly going to go off and go do something else. So the last thing I wanted to hit you guys up with around the horn, Julian Assange, pardon. What do you think? I mean, obviously he was pardoned. Uh, they're also bringing up like Edward Snowden. So Josh, you agree with the, uh, you agree with the Julian Assange pardon? What do you think about Edward Snowden? I don't necessarily. So I'm good with the Julian Assange pardon, right? Cause at the end of the day, Julian Assange, he's a, he's a reporter and by and large, by and large, I think the media should report what they have, you know, to an extent. I mean, I don't want the media to, you know, come out on June 5th, 19, you know, 1944 and be like, hey, we're invading Europe tomorrow in Normandy. Right. Uh, so I'm good with the uh, so I'm good with the Assange pardon. Uh, Snowden. Two, one, one thing should happen with Snowden. Two things, really. Uh, Snowden should be. There should be an extraordinary rendition uh, where Stone gets snatched off the street, shoved into the back of a van, and the next time he sees daylight, he's standing in the United States. He should stay in trial. He should get his due process, right, under the Constitution. And then if found guilty, he should be punished to the maximum extent of the law that allows treason to be punished for, right, which I believe is death. Uh, and he should be very, if, you know, if found guilty, he should be punished, you know, death and he should be very, very publicly executed. Uh, Snowden is not a whistleblower. Snowden is not a hero. There's a lot of people out there treating this guy like one because he exposed, you know, these, uh, these egregious actions on, you know, the government against American citizens. And some of them were egregious. Some of them were absolutely 100% egregious, but there are other ways, there were other ways for him to address those issues that did not provide our adversaries, you know, a, a lot of sense, very sensitive information. I mean, there was a lot of what he gave up was incredibly sensitive, right? And that did not need to be given to our adversaries. That is, I have zero sympathy for Snowden. He, you know, again, he should get his due process, you know, as afforded to every American citizen. Um, oh, well, I mean, unless you're, you know, an American citizen that gets hit by a drone um, during the previous administration. But anyway, right. So that's for a different podcast, I guess. Uh, so, but yeah, Assange, I'm good with. At the end of the day, you know, the media, you know, the media gets it. The media gets it, and they report it. You know, by and large, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. You know, it, there are some limitations, you know, on that. But Snowden, absolutely not. Snowden, dude, Snowden should be 
buried in the ground in a very, very deep hole. Um, it's just that guy's, that guy is a traitor, pure and simple. Hmm. I'm going to go with Josh on this one. Uh, Assange, pardon Assange. Um, and even if you, <laughs> I kind of look at Assange, even if you, even if I thought he was out of line and, you know, giving away the man, uh, you know, I shouldn't even go down that road. Even if someone out there is like, well, you know, he should have disclosed his sources because, you know, he probably got some people killed. Well, maybe, maybe not. But with Assange, it's almost like Bo Bergdahl. That dude has done his penance. I mean, my God. I mean, he's he, that, that guy suffered a lot since he went into hiding. I don't know the whole thing in Sweden about the minor thing. That, that, that whole thing's fishy to me anyway, the statutory rape thing. So I'm, I'm with you, Josh, on pardoning Assange. The guy is a journalist somewhat. Uh, but with, yeah, Snowden, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the thing with Snowden is there were there was some stuff that was exposed that's like, yeah, that was bad. It shouldn't have been going on. But I 100% agree with you. He should have gone about it differently. I don't know what the hell that guy was thinking because he handed over a bunch of stuff. That he didn't even know what he was handing over. And that's why, that's why that guy is a traitor. And, and it's like, I guarantee you people got killed because of that information. Uh, you know, hun- hundreds of millions of dollars lost, you know, gone. It just, yeah, guy's a traitor. I don't, I don't understand it. You know, the Chelsea Manning thing, you know, I guess that, that person's out on the, out on the streets now, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm with you, Josh. Uh, I'd request it, Roger, before I kick it back to him, maybe go around the horn one more time real quick and do a Christmas thing. What do you think? You celebrate Christmas over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the uh, on the Assange <laughs> thing. So here's my issue with the Assange pardon. There's evidence that he helped Manning reverse engineer some passwords to obtain the information. I think that's where my problem is. As far as the WikiLeaks and all that stuff, I don't really care. I, mean, I, I as far as a journalist goes, whether. He, he uses that term loosely or whatever. I mean, I'm not, my standards aren't as strict probably as, as Luke. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I think where my line is drawn and I'm not saying I don't necessarily disagree with the pardon. Uh, it's a little hard for me to, uh, to get around the, Hey, he actually took, it's not like he was a journalist who just was in receipt of this information. He actually helped Manning break into some files and documents, get the password and then pull them out. So you know, whether, uh, you know, and, and the whole thing going on with the, the minor thing, again, I, I think that's all fishy. If, if they want to pursue that, you know, go ahead or whatever. But, uh, and the Snowden thing, absolutely. I, I agree with Josh. I'm actually pretty surprised that it, it hasn't already happened. Um, I'm surprised that, that he already hasn't been snatched off the streets and found himself not necessarily maybe back in the U.S., but somewhere else. Well, he's in, he's in Russia, right? Right. He's in Russia. Yep. Yeah, dude, that there ain't going to be no, you know extraordinary rendition on that not in russia well, not yet russia what they'll end up doing is giving him back just to mess with us yeah i don't think i don't think they'll give i don't think they're going to give him back i think what's going to happen is biden's going to come into office and you will never hear about snowden again and one day Snowden's going to he's going to wind up like ed lee howard you know wound up um you know if you remember ed lee howard back in 85 cia guy that defected you know, he went to Russia and he lived out. And then, I don't know, it was like nine or 10 years later, they found him in his dock out with a broken neck. And they were like, oh, he, he, he fell. 
right? That's just, you know, once, once Snowden, yeah, yeah, exactly. once Snowden is no longer useful to the Russians, I think right, he's just going to, he's going to disappear. And that's the, that's the trap that, that, that Trump or whoever pardons him is in. Because if you pardon Snowden, well, now he's not a criminal anymore. Now the pressure is on the U.S. to try to get him back from Russia. So you're giving them a bargaining chip, which, you know, they don't have right now. Not really. Uh, they, they have the bargaining chip as if we want to get him back to prosecute him. But then the bargaining chip from your own population is going to be, well, he's an innocent man and he's trapped in Russia. So, yeah, I, it's, it's messed up. Yep, totally agree. So you're going to go ahead and uh, send your, your Christmas shot out there, Luke? Start with you. Yeah, Merry Christmas, because there's no way we're going to record another one before next Friday. So, you know, just stick together, folks. You know, uh, got to ask yourself, if you're afraid of COVID, how afraid of it are you? Uh, this, Like Josh is always saying, this may be some people's last Christmas. It may be your last Christmas. It may be my last Christmas. So make it worth it. I mean, there are a lot of people suffering out there, a lot of people suffering, not on a on a huge scale like famine in Ethiopia or something, and we are the world. But, I mean, the mental health aspect is going downhill. So, you know, remember the reason for the season, whatever that is for you. Uh, be nice to people. Josh, be nice to people. <laughs> Nicer than, you know, Roger, don't don't pick random fights with people on the road. I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to say, you know, it's still Christmas. It's not ideal. But uh, look out for each other. If anybody needs to chat on Christmas, you know, our, our line's open here on uh, Culper's Canteen Cup. So is mine on Facebook. It's just going to be me and my wife here. It's her first Christmas without the kids, so she's taking it tougher than I am. I'm like, first Christmas without the kids. <laughs> yes. And, they, and the kids are like – and my, my wife's all mad because the kids, they're older, you know. Uh, one's 19 and one's a second lieutenant in the Army and all. I got stories about that for a later episode, but uh, – you know, they, they haven't sent us like a Christmas list, right? And th- when they did send it, when my daughter s- sent my wife a Christmas list, she didn't send an address. It's like, well, where are you going to be on Christmas? She didn't send it. And then, you know, the other kid doesn't send a list at all. And my wife's all pissed. I'm like, what are you pissed about? We're not buying them anything. <laughs> this is great. We're saving money. They're not around. We're going to get peace and quiet. Now, I love the kids. They're great. But uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll kick it to Josh. Yeah. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, I expect you to go to work on the, uh, on the 25th. Uh, so, <laughs> um, no, it is good. You know, it is going to be hard this Christmas. It's always hard around the holidays, uh, for, you know, people who are already, uh, struggling a little bit this year, it's definitely going to be hard on folks. You know, those folks who are isolated away from family, away from their loved ones. Uh, so, yeah, be be nice to people uh, as much as you uh, as much as you can be. You know, uh, if you want to get together with your family to celebrate, then you know, make that take that calculated risk and you know, do what do what you think is best, not only for your physical health but your mental health as well. Uh, because at the end of the day, like Luke said, this is going to be a lot of people's last Christmas. Uh, you know, whether they know it or not, it could be my last Christmas. I couldn't even, you know what? I might not, there's a chance I might not make it to next Friday, right? To even see Christmas. Uh, so every day I, you know, every day I get up out of bed is is a blessing because uh, a lot of people are not afforded that opportunity. So that's kind of how, how I look at it. Uh, you know, so COVID, 
COVID notwithstanding, you know, there are going to be some folks that uh, th- this will be their last Christmas. So, you know, you know who they are. You may not know who they are, but go celebrate with your with your loved ones because uh, at the end of the day, those memories are going to be what you have. Uh, you know, you're not going to look back on a Zoom call or, you know, something like that. It's that, that in-person that's really special. So celebrate with your loved ones. Uh, have a good Christmas. I don't know why we can't record before next, before next Friday. Uh, maybe Luke has big plans over there uh, to go play in the snow or do something. Uh, who knows what Roger's going to wind up doing? He's always got some shit going on. He's, I mean, he's got a prom. Uh, so, you know, um, yep. Hey, Mary, uh, we don't talk to you before then. Merry Christmas from the cup. Uh, Luke said, you know, if you need to hit us up, you need to talk, vent, just chat with somebody. Feel free to hit us up on our social media. You can hit us up on our uh, our personal uh, social media as well. So with that, we'll throw it over to Roger. Now, same thing. Wishing everybody a Merry Christmas out there or whatever you celebrate. I'll tell you the biggest thing, that uh, biggest piece of advice I can give to folks is, and it's along the same lines of what Luke and Josh just said, you got to live. You got to live, man. So get out there and I will tell you, do something fun. Uh, you know, it goes back to our episode that we had several months ago now talking about the drug use and this and that. I read something this morning that uh, opioid deaths were up like 34%. Uh, it's something crazy. It's, it's astronomical. So the, um, I think there were several years there where there was a decline. It was going down like 4 or 5% every year. And then they brought up opioids and something else. And this wasn't all due to COVID because the way they do the deaths with that, they, they kind of do it mid-year to mid-year. But uh, everything's up across the board, uh, 20, 30, you know, 34%. So it's, that's pretty insane. And I think what you're finding is that the, a lot of our listeners know this, that the cure, uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, can end up being worse than the disease itself. So I'd say definitely get out there, uh, you know, have some fun. You got to live, take the precautions you have to take, but don't just stay, you know, locked up, uh, you know, in, in the basement zooming somebody or do your your tube and zooming or whatever i don't even whatever happened to that guy i think he got fired right you know it's like what the heck man so with that being said we want to thank all of our listeners out there we hope that you have a fantastic holidays make what you can man do what you can with it yeah whether it's getting outside whether it's seeing family whether it's hopping on the phone call go out for a drive do something uh don't just sit in the house and you know uh, with your mask on talking about how bad you know covid sucks or whatever but uh you know, hoping that everybody has a safe holidays out there. Thanks again to Carlton Zeus, www.carltonzeus.com, or check them out on Apple Music. And for you YouTube freemium subscribers, your content starts now.